Hey, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kelly. And we've been friends for 15 years. We're the hosts of Meet Cute and Mistletoe, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the most ridiculous aspects of today's holiday romance movies. We met while working at a publishing company and became friends through our shared love of sci-fi dramas and rom-coms, especially those Christmas ones. Years ago, I started hosting Christmas movie nights at my house where the festivities moved from drinking games to full-on bingo, calling out the common tropes and themes of these formulaic love stories. But with this year's pandemic, the holiday season looks a bit different. We might not be able to meet up in person, but we can still have a good time. The Christmas party has gone digital and you're invited. So grab a warm blanket and a cup of hot cocoa and cozy up with us while we discuss this week's meet cute. Hey guys, Lindsay again. And I'm still Kelly. This week, we're discussing an old ABC family classic, 12 Dates of Christmas, a movie that asks, what if we made Groundhog Day without Bill Murray, but added in the worst song ever made? Seriously, I strongly consider ditching our usual bingo game for a straight up drinking game instead, just so I could get through the song theme. Like it was brutal, but we're here to play bingo and nothing if not consummate professionals. So here are the rules of our game. If you want to play along, download a bingo card from our website. They're free because we love you, kitties. It's at meetcuteandmistletoe.com or follow the links at Twitter at mcmistletoepod and all other social at meetcuteandmistletoe. Play along as you watch the movie in your own time, and we'll call out all the tropes here as we discuss. But because no party is complete without a sweet treat, Kelly's going to start us off with a signature snack she cooked up special to go along with this week's movie. Cal, what did you make? So this week was a no-brainer. Many of us were legit craving margines cherry chip loaf am i right am i right (laughs) i was dying to know what that would entail uh i couldn't wait to make this version um i did change it up a little bit i added some kirsch soaked cherries and dark chocolate chunks um kirsch is a um Udvi of uh, it's a clear fruit brandy which is unsweetened so oh. it's uh it's got a nice little almondy flavor um and the nice chocolate chunks with this tart cherry really really uh chef's a kiss, <laughs> chef's um, kiss. <laughs> and also because um we like being inclusive here in terms of dietary restrictions um and uh preferences i have made a gluten-free dairy-free and egg-free option on uh, that recipe. So check it out and try it at home on our website at meetcuteandmistletoe.com. Thanks, Cal. I'm actually really excited to try that because I'm a gluten-free saddie and (laughs) I'm always looking for a new gluten-free cake or delicious treat. So thanks. You're welcome. So now that we've got Marjean's cherry chip loaf and bingo cards ready let's jump into the insane world of 12 dates of christmas it's about to get nauseatingly redundant (laughs) so uh we're gonna hit all the major beats of the plot which means spoilers ahead but we're not going to discuss every little minutiae detail otherwise just go watch the movie so act one starts off I've called it, I've titled it, Never Go Shopping on Christmas Eve, and we'll see why pretty quickly. Meet Kate. She's a rather insufferable young woman who is still hung up on her ex, and she's determined by any means necessary to get him back for Christmas, but mainly through using his dog, it seems. We open at her work holiday party on literal Christmas Eve, which just seemed really weird to me. And she's looking mighty desperate, ignoring the festivities to call her ex Jack and ask to casually meet up with him. She wants to see his dog casual, give him a casual gift. I mentioned it's casual because she's clearly never done anything casual in her life. Um, In case we haven't yet realized how desperate and alone Kate is, she's 
gifted a Nicholas Sparks book from her office secret center uh, before running off to a department store to get a last minute gift for Jack. And in case we haven't realized how uptight she is, her work BFF spells it out for us when lamenting about Kate's unrealistic plans for her life and how like completely stuck to her plans she is. First of all, I just have to stop us here. Can we talk about their outfits? Oh my God, please. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh. Oh. She carries this like puke green handbag and she's like, you know, it's, it's, it really stands out against her like bright purple outfit, but then she carries the handbag throughout the entire movie. And it was also distracting to me because I kept thinking, I think that, I think I bought that handbag. If I, (laughs) if I didn't buy that handbag, I think I looked for that handbag, but So 2011 and those pea coats that they're both wearing, like Miyoko and yes. Kate, are wearing the same pea coat essentially, but one's purple and one's red, right? Yeah. Are those the two colors? Yeah. It's like a maroon. It's, it's very like gap. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like, you know, like the gap ad in 2011 when they're all in the snow. I, I, I'm not referencing a specific ad, but <laughs> it's very much like that. You're either referencing a specific or every single ad from that era. Yes. <laughs> but totally. Also, yeah, because I, I did notice like the colors and how specific they were because they also both were wearing tights that yes. matched their coats in the same colors. And I was like, oh my God, that was totally a thing. I also totally bought into that. It makes me look back and wonder what else am I going to, like, what am, what am I doing now that I think is really great? Right. That I'm going to look back and be like, there's going to be a movie from this time frame. And I'll be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, well, it's in my closet right now. Yeah. Well, everything that's that I've been wearing this whole year has consisted of um, sweats. And that's a good point. Twenty twenty <laughs> is a buy <laughs> on all fashion, which I feel like you know, really having their moment this year. Just hooded yeah. sweatshirts and sweatpants, joggers, and joggers. Really yeah. having like the whole sportswear really hot right now. If a movie, oh god, if they make a movie and it, you know. 10 years from now we're watching it and the lead is in like adorable athleisure that has not aged well I'm going to feel really bad about my (laughs) style right now but hopefully hopefully it'll carry over okay so um on their shopping outing we also learned that Kate is running off to a blind date then dinner with her dad and stepmom. So she's having like a very busy day from shopping to this blind date to then meeting up with Jack to then dinner with her dad and mom and uh, dad and stepmom. I bring this up because it's all relatively important to the groundhog style plot points that are going to go forward. And um, so she picks out this like insanely expensive gift and her friend bails because she's basically like, I refuse to enable your addiction to this guy, which I think is a really good friends. Good friend. Like, yeah, she really seems to tell it like she sees it. I appreciate this best friend character in yes. this movie because I feel like they're usually either like whiny or just have or they're just like you go girl <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. it and this one actually seems like she has good advice she like has normal reactions to mm-hmm. things yes. that happened weird from her friend and I'm just like yeah again I feel like good acting she's great yeah too yeah yeah I like really more Miyoko I want to see a movie with Miyoko Miyoko should have um, her own spinoff because yes. I would love to see the well we'll talk about that later anyway yeah. no spoilers yeah. okay <laughs> So, um, 
as Kate wanders, so yeah, Miyoko takes off. And then as Kate's like wandering back out of the store after she's bought her gift, she gets spritzed in the face with um, some perfume. And we close out the first act as she's like dramatically, like over the top dramatically falling to the ground in the middle of the store. Somehow we're only six minutes into this movie. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty much the entire first act. So it's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, just really packs it in into the beginning of this movie. And then I think really draws it out later in the end. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention like, I feel like we've seen the spritz in the face with perfume trope so much in TV and movies. And I just like, has this even ever happened to you or no. someone, you know, no, I think like I when I was like five, like maybe like playing with my mom's like perfume collection. I think that's actually really happened. I was five in my mom's like makeup, you know, her yeah. like area where she would put her makeup on. And I think it happened to me. But you happened, you happened yeah. to you. Happened you spritzed yourself because yeah. I was five or I probably wasn't even five. I was like a toddler. I don't know. I remember it very faintly, but yeah, yeah this doesn't, this isn't a thing, Hollywood. Yeah. People yeah. slip and fall by spraying, getting sprayed by a woman wearing a dirndl. Can we please talk about the dirndl that she's wearing? The dirndl. The dirndl. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the dirndl. Okay. I don't um, know what a dirndl is. Okay, so a dirndl is like, you know, that that traditional, um, it's like the opposite of Lederhosen. So it's like the the German, like, beer hall yeah. waitress outfit that yes. in, like, Oktoberfest or, um, you know, in, in, that, in that nature. So... I, I see this a lot in in these Christmas movies where, you know, the women are always wearing dirndls and it's it's always perplexed me as to why. I mean, like, you know, German culture obviously deals a lot with Christmas culture, um, but it's it's a really strange uh, dynamic where we're always seeing this costume. That I'm so glad you brought that up. I've wondered about that costume, yeah. that yeah. type of outfit, because... Mm -hmm. Uh, you never see anyone, not even, not even a perfume counter worker <laughs> wearing one yeah. at Christmas time. I've never seen a real life in person, not on my TV screen, human being wearing one of those outfits. And right. it's like, how do we make this woman look sexy for the holidays? Ugh. Like we'll put her in some like, relative later hosen looking outfit yes yes yeah um i would like to mention the holiday spread at the christmas eve party <laughs> yes please do it was like the shrimp <laughs> it was like the worst holiday spread i'm like okay so they're so they're in New York. Okay, let's make that very clear. That this is supposed to be set in New York City. Kate is working for this yes. like, ad agency, you know, which seems should be a little bit more glamorized than it is. You know, it seems very oh, absolutely. Um, but this holiday spread was really pathetic. <laughs> well, they're having their holiday party. They're having their Christmas party, their work holiday party on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah, they had to work like a half day. Yeah, and my favorite part it is... It just seemed unrealistic. No, no. And this, like, large bowl <laughs> of green, like, punch that looks like ecto-cooler. <laughs> like, do you remember the 80s, like, high seat yes. ecto-cooler? That's what that yeah. looks like. It's, like, the most, like, like you know, slimer green <laughs> going back to I was going to say, yeah, wasn't Halloween. it? Halloween. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. 80s, going back to 90s, Bill Murray, it's yes. a Bill. It's <laughs> so all they're like, coming okay. together. There is a Ghostbusters <laughs> underlying theme. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever wrote the script, it got lost in translation. <laughs> um, okay, so since we're at, at the end of the first act, we've got our bingo. Um, tropes that we're going to call out here. So right off the bat, we've got Santa suit. 
the secret Santa who's passing out the stuff in yeah. his Santa suit. And then there are carolers who are singing, you know, right as Kate falls in the department store. So we pick up on act two, which I've titled Miles to Go Before Kate Sleeps. <laughs> and yes, that's a literary reference. <laughs> I am a lit nerd. <laughs> it's good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we come back from what was obviously a commercial break when this TV movie first aired. <laughs> yeah, very obvious. <laughs> There's like very, very obvious commercial breaks. Um, and we see the perfume lady, a store manager, and a kindly old shopper standing over Kate. And this is going to play out over and over again. Um, as she hops up, brushes off the fall, and heads home. She's kind of like, oh, hmm, weird. Well, bye. I got to get home to my ex. Um, <laughs> she walks past a guy who's like detangling a string of lights and up the stairs to her apartment. And as she's walking into her place, it's very obvious that she's like kind of tiptoeing and trying not to get noticed as literally the sweetest next door neighbor pops open the door right. and she's like obviously waiting for to hear Kate come home she's like oh I thought I think I heard you on the stairs and she gives her she gives her a freshly baked gift which is our cherry chip loaf um Kate is like a total jerk to her she completely <laughs> brushes off the kind gift and basically slams the door in Mrs. Crumpkin's face. Oh. This is what we've named her. Mrs. Crumpkin. <laughs> um, Marjean Crumpkin, which is just a chef's kiss of a screenwriter's name. name. So good yeah. job, you guys. Yeah. Um, and Kate walks inside of her apartment to hear a message from her blind date who's confirming plans for the evening. So, um, when we're in Kate's apartment, did you take notice of her apartment decor? It's the chic New York ad agency <laughs> executives, uh, clearly. <laughs> like, literally at no point ever in this movie do they address the actual mannequin heads on her mantle. <laughs> She yeah. is not a sophisticated New York woman. Like this is, it, it doesn't translate at all. I, right. I, I never got that. I, I never noticed that this was supposed to be set in New York until I watched it this time around. And I was, and you see the montage in the beginning of like, yeah. you know, all of the like New York monuments and, and, you know, it, it, I'm like, oh, we're supposed to be in New York. This has never dawned upon me. No, it definitely reads, yeah, it reads more like they're in the big city out in, like, the middle of, I don't know, Wisconsin or something, like, right. you know, like, they're just outside of Bumpkin somewhere, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Not, it just doesn't read as a metropolitan, like, a major hub metropolitan. Right. And then at that, on top of it someone working at an ad agency uh still not getting over the mannequin heads <laughs> i will never be over the idea of decor with mannequin heads um but we cut to the bar where kate first has a run-in with the wrong blind date and he's this lovable looking nerd who we're supposed to take as sad and pathetic i think because he's like awkwardly sniffing his hand <laughs> Um, sniffing his breath in his hand as he waits <laughs> but honestly like that's the only giveaway to me that it's supposed to be like wah wah at this guy because he honestly just looks like a huggable cross between Nathan Lane and Rivers Cuomo from Weezer um <laughs> honestly fun. like I would have picked him <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure I would have pretended to be Phyllis, his blind, blind date who hasn't shown, uh, because I find him adorable. <laughs> I think, like, you've spot on with that. I think uh, Nathan Lane meets Rivers Cuomo is such a, like, target. Like, you, you hit it. It's that, that is that actor. He looks like that. 
he's, he is the love child of Rivers Cuomo. And <laughs> he Nate really Blake. looks, it's so on point. It's great. Uh, also, I didn't know that I had a type, but apparently that's Nathan Blaine, Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> <laughs> like Venn diagram, Lindsay in the middle. There you go. <laughs> well, you know who's my type. <laughs> Miles Dufine. Obviously. So uh, Kate turns around and she meets Miles. So he's brunette Zach Morris, who was definitely saved by the bell because, say it with me now, ding Ding dong. (laughs) The date is rocky to say the least. He calls her the wrong nickname and misorders a drink for her. She barely looks up from her phone and then takes off and like right when her ex finally has called her back. So Miles is like thoroughly unimpressed and I don't blame him at all because legit at this point, I'm thinking Kate is the worst. She's terrible. She's like on her phone the entire time. Like there's this hot guy in front of her and he's really engaging. Like I'm like, wow, like this guy is a freaking gentleman and he's a good first date. He's a hot guy. uh, And she's on her phone texting her ex. It's really he's like funny when he sees that she's not paying attention. He like makes a joke and it catches her attention. And she's like, Oh, you're a fighter pilot pilot or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And uh, he's like, No. <laughs> <laughs> like it's really funny, and it could have been a good save into a start of a good first date. And she just is like, Why would you even say that? Basically, is just so. I don't know. She's, she's not having it. Um, and this made me wonder as I was watching the scene, like, what are your thoughts on your date ordering for you? He orders her beer. She's not into it. I'm not into that either. I, that was like my one, I was like, okay, Miles, like you got one, like minus point. Be- like let her order white wine if she wants. She should order whatever know. the hell she wants. But yeah. I thought it was annoying how she was like, I hate beer. I hate, yeah. I hate everything. I don't like soda and I don't like anything carbonated. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> As someone who's worked in serving. <laughs> um, you're like, oh, I know you. <laughs> uh, um, I have a question for you. Okay. Yeah. In terms of dating. Do people on first states really introduce themselves by their full names? Ooh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So a lot of dating apps and sites and stuff like that will maybe just have the first name, but so I could see you, uh, I could I could see you not knowing each other's last name going into it, but I don't know that you need to know the other person's last name yet. Right. Yeah. Well, I just found it really weird how like they both introduce each other and he's like, I'm Miles Jaffee. And she's like, I'm Kate Stanton. And I'm like, that's They're like, handshake. Nice doing business with you. you. What? This isn't, we're not at a board meeting. Yeah, it seemed very professional. You're totally <laughs> right. They're like, I'm Miles Jaffee. Take note in case yeah. you're writing a podcast about this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, noted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noted. Um, yeah. So she scoots out of the, uh, the blind date and heads home. And when Jack, her ex finally does meet up, it's like, painfully obvious that he is not interested in getting back with her and Kate is oblivious like it was it was painful to watch that I was like oh no this is not gonna go well um so he introduces her his new girlfriend Nancy and he breaks the news that he's in love with Nancy and then he leaves his dog for Kate to watch while they go on a getaway for the holiday yeah to, to Jack's credit, he's a really nice guy. Like, I, I never Super once, nice. like, looked at him like he's, like, uh, you know, the, the the mean ex. Like, he's – Yeah. He really was being really nice to her throughout the entire movie, you know, all the scenarios. Uh, he – um, he, he just told her straight up. He was like, I, I've reconnected her. We've, we were high school sweethearts, and I, you know, I, I love her. And yeah. – it, it's it, it wasn't so much a way that it, 
it should like obviously hearing that you're you're in love with this guy your ex and you, you want to get back with him and you know he's telling you that no it's over like i'm moving on and you know i i don't feel sorry for kate i i'm like girl move on like move that's on. like how i feel i'm like girl there was you just left a really hot date back at the bar for the <laughs> yoko already told you to move yeah. on max is going to bark it in morse code <laughs> to her yeah. in the next scene <laughs> So speaking of the next scene, she's sitting at her dad and stepmom's house and acting like a totally snotty brat about the fact that her dad, uh, her dad got remarried after her mom died and she's refusing to accept what seems to be like the perfectly lovely Sally, who was the one who had set her up with hot miles for the blind date. Um, Miles calls to say he won't be coming over after all since Kate had ditched him for another guy. And again, yep. I do not blame him for it at all. Nope. <laughs> like, wow, he's got really good boundaries. And then Kate, Kate's all huffy and she laments that she's going to spend the rest of her life alone with a dog. And I was just like, um, is that a problem? <laughs> I don't see <laughs> a any dog. Problem. A dog is freaking cute. So yeah. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. The dog in his reindeer ears. Um, so it's 11.59, which is important. And Max wakes up to the home shopping network, uh, <laughs> clicking on the television with an ad for some like seriously ugly partridge pear tree brooch ensemble. <laughs> so light sparkles in the gold bird's eye and really, really, really bad graphics swirl and spiral us back in time. And then it's to Kate lying back on the department store floor, wondering if she's in a dream. And that closes out the second act. So, okay. So bingo for this section, we've got a lonely neighbor. We've got a run in with the ex. We have cute pet with Max. We have reindeer with the reindeer ears on the dog. So cute. It's so cute. We've got uh, ridiculous holiday sweaters on dad and Sally. And we have a disapproving family who, you know, um, Sally's disapproving of how she treated Miles. And dad is disapproving of how she treated Sally. So right. I don't know that they're wrong in being disapproving, but they're, no. you know, the trope is there. Kate's we a have a, yeah, Kate's a jerk. <laughs> we have a dead loved one with the mom. There's always, you know, a, a sad story somewhere. Somebody's dead in these movies. And then we finish out the, the act with some unexplained holiday magic with that twinkle in the bird's eye. We never really address it. Oh, it's, uh. <laughs> It's not just a dream. <laughs> yes. So act three, let's try that again. Kate hops up confused and she's totally babble talking about it's Christmas now. I can't believe this happened two days in a row. It happened the day before and everyone kind of just shrugs, shrugs it off and is like, huh, that's weird. Like today is Christmas Eve. Today's not Christmas. Um, at this point, if I was any of those people standing over here, her, I'd be like, this chick for sure has a concussion. And I don't understand why the store manager is not more concerned about like a lawsuit mm -hmm. or getting her some sort of immediate medical attention. It's just like, what? She, she's clearly being weird. Yeah. I, I mean, just like coming from like a management perspective, like if that were to happen, like at a store I worked at or a restaurant that I was managing, um, literally you would have to stop what you were doing and you would have to make sure that the person was okay and that you're providing them care. And like, there's like, you know, sheets, you know, like, you know, information that they need to fill out, like for insurance purposes. Oh. So I'm just like, this like manager guy is a jerk also. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like what? He's a, he's a jerk at worst an idiot at best. Yes. And surely like frivolous lawsuits were a thing in 2011. So I don't Absolutely. know why they're not <laughs> covering this in any way, yeah. but, um, and it, it, it's really made noticeable to me, the crazier she gets 
throughout this movie with her reactions. And yes. the more that we come back to them standing there looking over her. So she grabs her bestie and she starts babbling to her about the fact that it's like yesterday is today. And uh, she passes, Kate passes the guy who's detangling his lights again, this time noticing that a woman is there with him. And um, she's a jerk again to her gift bearing neighbor. And the director of photography for this movie again focuses on her mannequin head decor. So we're all having a deja vu moment at this point. <laughs> While chatting with her coworker, um, with uh, Miyoko, Kate decides to lean into the idea that this is all just a dream. And like, this is the part that really loses me in this movie. Like the logic of it, generally I go with it pretty easily, but this part really confuses me. So is the idea here that she thinks she's lucid dreaming? Um, and like, if so, she's planning to like dress up all slutty and seduce Jack away from his new love, but she's like, Oh, it's a dream. So she's like coming up with an idea of how to have her happily ever after in a dream. Like, I just don't understand why, where, why this whole portion goes in this way that she's like, I'm a dress up. I'm going to get him. I'm still going to go on my date, my blind date. Yeah, that it, that didn't make sense to me either. I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter what you're wearing when, you know, if, if you're reliving right. the dream, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, however you're going to, however you want it to play out. I think it was just an excuse for them to put like a really hot dress on Amy Smart, really, because she looks great. I think that was She does excuse. look great. Really? Also, her dress, the color of her dress in that scene matches, like, the exact color of Miyoko's shirt. And I was like, what is going on? The purple? <laughs> yes. So this is also the uh, portion of the movie that starts to introduce subtle nods to the 12 gifts that are on the 12 days of Christmas. And it counts us through the groundhog style days and the 12 dates that she'll relive ahead. And so it helps us to kind of keep uh, track of where we are in the story. And as this plays out, so day one, We've got the home shopping partridge brooch. And day two, she walks past two kids who are dressed as turtle doves. It took me a while to realize this. So I had to like go back and rewatch and start to yeah. uh, point these things out to myself and, and notice them. So in case you are starting to notice that and wondering where they are all at. Yeah. There's um, also, there's also um, a partridge in a pear tree in the opening scene in the, the store window that she's, in oh, right, she's right. shopping with Miyoko for the cashmere sweater. That, it's also in that, in that scene. Too. Okay. And so that's also, I guess, our way of knowing like we're in day one. What day? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so for really no what reason whatsoever, Kate decides to still go on the blind date in her dream. <laughs> Being she's like, well, Miles was a nice guy before. So uh I'll you know I'll go on the blind date with him again which again I was like but it's a dream why are you you're lucid dreaming why don't you just go to the part of the dream you want right so anyways um she's thoroughly turned off by him when he lets it slip that something about his wife and she snaps at him and is like you have a wife and she takes off before learning that his wife actually died about a year ago yeah once she learns this though she she feels really bad for like a split second but then she quickly recovers to um you know put her on her most pathetic seduction in front of jack only to learn that jack plans to propose to nancy that night so it's like this immediate, oh, my dream is not going how I wanted it to. So she ends the night, depression, stuffing her face full of cherry chip cake before magically time traveling back to the department store floor again. Um, <laughs> one more thing I want to know about this is that she's like 
telling the dog, no, 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 don't eat the cherry chip cake. <laughs> she yeah. Or <laughs> like that is the most unrealistic part of this entire movie. Yes. Is yes. that this dog would like just leave it there all day. <laughs> I agree. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was actually something I put in my notes and I was like, okay, straight <laughs> up, you're putting this like cake that's like in cellophane that this dog can easily like get through. Like I would just like the second she went to sleep, I would just jump down and like uh, yeah, get down on that cherry chip loaf. Any any dog would. And the yeah. fact that she's just like, no, no, <laughs> and then just leaves it. I was like, <laughs> okay, you are not fit to be caring for a dog right now. <laughs> he's going to get the, the cherry chip yeah. loaf. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's just thinking about it at the second. Yeah. Close he's your like, eyes, okay. Kate. The second you close your eyes, bitch, he's going for it. So uh, for the sake of all of our sanity, I'm not going to recount all of the relived day iterations because it is redundant. So here are the highlights um, over the next few days. Kate sees a doctor who says she does not have a brain tumor, just typical holiday anxiety. He says it's her subconscious that saying something in your life has to change or else you might as well be living the same day over and over. Uh, Miles's wife died from falling off a ladder while he was out, which seemed like a real legit what the fuck for the script writers. Like he's like, oh, it's not some sad, you know, some sad lifetime movie. It's just that she fell off of a ladder while I was out. And if I only was home 30 minutes earlier. So freaking tragic. I'm like, what? They could have used any, like, what? Give her cancer. She Give fell, her cancer. She fell off the ladder to clean the gutters. Like straight <laughs> up. I like was starting to think, I'm like, oh, I'm glad that I don't go up and do clean the gutters. You know, I was like, I'm like, I'm not going to go clean the gutters now because I don't want to end up like the late Mrs. Dauphine. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, okay. Then we learn, or sorry, then Kate learns to bake with her sweet neighbor and they actually become friends. Then she becomes friends with the woman who is in the park who and learns that her boyfriend builds her a snowflake every year and she hates it and then lastly she also starts to see the good in sally and accept her as part of her father's life so a lot's happening over the next few days it's just over and over and over again um we end on a kind of perfect date with kate and miles decorating in her apartment together then dining with her family and holding hands and singing at midnight mass before freeze framing and jumping back in time yet again, just as things were starting to get good. Um, if you have been on the lookout for them, we've also at this point spotted a baker carrying three French hens, four calling birds at the jewelry shop where uh, she decided to stock jack the x <laughs> where he was buying the ring for nancy so weird. and yeah um and then recovers pretty well and is kind of like oh, get her the the that one she'll love it but like um, how does question plot line wise yes yes how does she know okay we're in new york city right of all the jewelry stores in New York. I'm so glad you asked. She goes to the exact one that he's at and she didn't even ask him in the prior date. Like, no, she's like, what time did you, what go? time? But she doesn't know, like, how does she know which one to go to? If it was in a small town, totally. I can get it. It's like, oh, there's maybe yeah, one or two. There's the one jeweler. Right. Right around the corner from where he lives. Absolutely. It's completely unrealistic. Not only the fact that she is sitting there like a maniac <laughs> waiting for him. <laughs> but also that she even knew where to go to say, did she sit in seven other places first <laughs> and then end up there? There's no yeah. way. There's no way. <laughs> um, and then we also have five rings in the department store. So um, that carries us through day five in this section of the movie. Um, 
Okay, one, there are a couple things I want to bring up that I genuinely was like, I really kind of like the advice in this movie. The the doctor's advice where he asks her, you know, figure out what it what it is that you really want in life. And she's like, I want Jack back. And um, he points out like back is not change. Like if you are needing change in your life, then, you know, trying to get something back is not actually change. I thought that was really insightful for a doctor who apparently refused to see her <laughs> because she came to get a uh, worried about getting her, a you know checking for a tumor and he's like ah eh, it's not a tumor you yeah. just need you just need change. Um, anything else you want to bring up in this section? Um, I only wanted to bring up the fact that Marjean's apartment was fabulous i feel like okay, how are they right next door to each other right and so so that this is where i'm like okay i can buy into this apartment being in new york city i can buy this because it's gorgeously decorated like she's got all this like you know art um you know, she has a real rosenberg you know and um it's a beautiful apartment and i'm like i want to live here how do you live next door to kate's like mannequin asylum. mannequin heads yeah <laughs> mannequin asylum is that you said <laughs> yes <laughs> for real the way that they have things i mean margina's goals yeah seriously, no, that's straight up i was like she's unmarried she has no kids she's like baking it up in her fabulous apartment in new york city i'm like yeah yeah I want to be Marjean. Yeah. I, I have a hard time getting a read on how they're trying to portray her because it's like Kate sees her, maybe that's just the point is Kate sees her as lonely and something Uh, worrisome and not to aspire to. But then when we actually see like anything from Marjean's perspective or just of her life, she seems pretty cool. She's happy. She seems her, pretty like, happy. Yeah. Not sad at all. She she's yeah. not we don't see that loneliness that Kate seems to think goes with being a single person. Yeah, she's also definitely not living in the past. Uh, so for bingo for this section, we've got a widow for Miles. We have a tragic backstory from Miles once he starts talking about the latter. My goodness. Uh, we have a holiday proposal from Jack to Nancy. We have baking and tree decorating together between Miles and Kate. So quite a few things that they manage to hit on the tropes as they go through these yeah. a few more days. So act four, are we done yet? <laughs> this is where, for me, the movie really started, it really started to drag. Kate kind of loses it to Jim, the kindly department store patron who always helps her back up from the perfume ball. And now they hang out while he tells her to just let go and do whatever she wants with this newfound Christmas Eve freedom. So that kind of defines this next section of the movie. Um, She gets a really terrible tattoo, like a really terrible tattoo. Like no one should give her that tattoo. (laughs) Uh, She dyes her hair black. She gathers her girls that, you know, her new girlfriends that she's made for some baking. And she seems genuinely happy and accepting of her new life. And then she spun right back to where she started. But I kind of just want to hang out with them and do their, like, girls' baking night. That just sounds really fun to me. So. Yeah. It, it honestly seemed like, hey, she she's learned her lesson here and accepted, like, her life. But I guess it's she's still living reactionarily. Um, by days 7 through 11, Kate's finally rounded a corner and started taking everyone's advice to open up to others around her. And I think we can blow through some more highlights here. So we learned that Miles coaches a foster kids hockey team. Kate finally asks Miles what he wants to do for their date and learns that he's a really great guy, like 
he's a saint basically <laughs> like, yeah. seriously nothing where can we get miles him. literally there's nothing wrong with him there's literally nothing wrong except with him. the ordering yeah that's, that's true a, that's his one thing that's a, that's a shattered glass <laughs> um kate and jack talk through their breakup and their damaged relationship history and it's like a really good conversation it's really really very adult um kate helps snowflake boyfriend build his snowflake then finds a missing kid from miles group home that he volunteers at um did we mention miles is a really great great guy yeah <laughs> volunteering at this group home and uh then they go on an impromptu date and fade off into twinkly christmas eve oblivion so um for our game within a game i spy six kids dressed as geese flying by kate and jim on a park bench seven swan ice sculptures next to snowflake boyfriend eight milk juds at the coffee shop nine ladies dancing through the bar really really awkwardly um michael the group home runaway is in a 10 quote-unquote lord hockey team sweatshirt leaping over some alley debris to run away from kate just so you know this is 10 lords leaping guys <laughs> it's it's so over the top but i will say that upon rewatching this i didn't catch anything until i saw that and then i was like why are they oh and that's what i had to go back and rewatch well so there you go that for me good they job writers me, but also i don't know why like they didn't need to be doing this like you know I don't know why they did it for me, but they did it for me. Um, and then we have 11 Pied Piper's Pizza delivery car as Kate hides to see Michael's run that he has run away because he wants to adopt a puppy. And then she pretty much solves that problem real easily. Anything in specific you want to call out from this section? I like blew right through it. Um, I think the one oh, that was really funny was when they're on their ice skating date. Um, oh yes and like kate like we learned that kate was like this tri-city champ but th it's really funny because you can see like the stunt woman like in oh my god like, it's so it's not her so it's so obvious. not amy smart it's so obvious <laughs> that it's not her like you can see the woman's face and it's clearly not amy smart and i just laughed so hard <laughs> because i'm like come on guys like come on man like especially because it so obviously is mark paul gosler yes because he actually is like i think in in real life he's really like really into ice hockey and so I, they're like well we've got to add this incorporate in. that but like you you know we the our heroine doesn't know how to it was i just eat. It yeah. seemed really bizarre to me, but yes, it was, that was hilarious. I, I live for those in uh, those moments in movies where yeah. it's like, okay, that person's not really doing that. You could have edited that out <laughs> quite easily. Entirely, entirely. Um, yeah. So bingo in this section, we, uh, we have a, a wise sage imparting advice from Jim sitting there talking to Kate on the park bench. We have a charitable act with Miles working with these kids and volunteering and coaching. Um, and then also obviously a charitable act with Kate helping secure the puppy as a yeah. therapy dog, I guess is what it was. Mm -hmm. um, we have a couple of adorable klutzy falls out on the ice. And then we have an interrupted almost kiss um, as they are just getting to that good part in the, in their uh, date as time, you know, flips back and she's and she's back on the floor yep okay so act five last day make it count kate wakes up on day 12 and declares that it is the going to be the best christmas eve ever and she's clearly back to her old plan making ways we see 12 nutcracker drummers 
in the like foreground in the department store and there's only 10 minutes left in the movie so we know that we're finally rounding the finish line um and personally seriously thank god like this movie is fun and sweet but it by that by the by day 12 i'm ready for day 12 to be over um how many more lessons can she learn (laughs) is how i'm feeling at this point Um, So how is she going to spend her best Christmas Eve ever? By giving Toby the jilted bar guy a makeover. By setting up Jim the kindly store guy with Marjean the sweet baking neighbor. By wishing Jack and Nancy well in life and finally walking away from that last cause relationship. Um, By helping Snowflake, Snowflake boyfriend become snowflake fiance and uh setting up the newly improved toby with her co-worker bff miyoko and then finally going on her final first date with miles and this time she's relaxed and open to trying new things like the beer Uh, The night culminates in a big party at her dad and Sally's house, where Kate has invited basically everyone we've met in the movie and more. She tells her dad that she's learned to see the happiness that's already in her life with or without a relationship. And I feel like I'm finally starting to like the messaging of this movie at this point. Um, The last 10 minutes. (laughs) The last 10 minutes. Like at this point, we're like maybe five to three minutes into the end. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Everyone starts singing the 12 days of Christmas. So Kate and Miles kind of scoot out to avoid what they have dead on in the movie pointed out is the Christmas version of a hundred bottles of beer. So, okay. No one likes this song. Why did they make this the basis of the entire movie? I don't understand. The song. I mean, I get the premise of 12 dates of Christmas. Like, yes. yes, I understand that, but we don't. The pun, we get the pun. The song. <laughs> they, the whole movie, they keep, um, like dissing the 12 days of Christmas song. So it's yeah. kind of funny that it's like, but you chose to make this the movie. Um, so Kate and Miles are standing outside discussing how they feel like they've known each other forever. And she's like, no, 12 days, actually. Ha ha ha. You don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you, or yeah (laughs) he kisses her just as the bell tolls uh in small town small town new york city (laughs) and it is officially past midnight it's christmas morning kate is ecstatic to finally move on with her life and miles is confused (laughs) but pleasantly so like he's going with it and we end with more kissing and kate is you know telling him she's excited to start taking life one day at a time so she her, the lesson that she's learned is to see the happiness in her life that was there already and to you know not be so planned and rigid yeah and to yeah date miles because he's <laughs> to <hot>. date miles <laughs> hot. i love in this in this Uh, portion of the movie i loved this quote exchange between jack and kate um he tells her i hope you find your happiness in life and she says i'm just trying to find it today as many todays as i keep having today um (laughs) yeah like you know we we get the the wink and nod to her having the same day over and over again but i also really think that that's kind of good life advice like yeah don't, you know, don't try to find your happiness in life. Just try to find it in today. And I don't know. I was like oddly moved. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it does have, it's a really sweet um, sentiment, you know, like, especially like yeah. that, like now, like, you know, today, 2020, you know, like, uh, yeah, I just need to find happiness in today. Find it today, you know, like be present in, in your intentions and yeah. So, The 12 Days of Christmas, a movie made in 2011, <laughs> a movie for today. 
<laughs> so relevant. However many, <laughs> however many todays we may have today. I mean, real talk. Like I, I, I continually joke that this. I felt like Groundhog Day. You know, like this yeah. feels very much like Groundhog Day. You know, being on lockdown and you know working yeah. from home, not working at all. It feels very much the same thing. You wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, what day is it? I don't know. I have no idea what day it is. Um, yeah. yeah. Co- COVID times are weird times. This for is, sure. This is very re- relatable. So the tropes for this bingo section are makeover, best friend finds love, someone learns a lesson, unexpected snow and a kiss in the snow for the center square where uh this is reserved specifically for something that would only be in this weird ass movie (laughs) (laughs) um so for mine I had that Max the dog just keeps magically showing up (laughs) throughout. Um, Even when it's obvious that Kate has not connected with Jack on one of these days. And to the point that he's even there at the Christmas Eve party, like tearing up presents under the tree. So seriously, she just like stealing him every day. And (laughs) I just, I don't understand. (laughs) But it's it's gotten to the point where I'm like, there's Max again. Yeah. He's like <laughs> in every scene. He's in every scene that she's in bed in. And it's like, well, we never saw that she went to go see yeah. Jack or, you know, like it's, it's a definite plot hole for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's obvious that they just filmed like a series of times of her waking up and being right. like, what? Oh, or her you know, waking up from being in the department store and yeah. Um, and then just figured out where to use them. But, so what's your center square? Okay, mine is a uh, ridiculous black Cleopatra wig and miraculously healed tattoo. For real. <laughs> that wig, man, like, I'm sorry. It, it looks like a Cleopatra was, wig. Like, did they go to, like, the Spirit of Halloween store and, like, get that wig? It's so bad. It's so Did they even brush the wig out? Like, it so looks bad. like they just took it out and plopped it right on her head. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't look natural on her at all. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> if I'm getting a makeover, I'm going to make myself look great, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to go and get, like, a really good blowout. I'm going to get a color that actually looks like – it belongs on my head and the tattoo that miraculously healed. First of all, if you've actually, actually ever had a tattoo, you don't leave that shit open the same day that you get it. That needs to be covered up with, you know, you've got like your, um, was it aqua? Is it aquaphor that you put on it? I don't know. Aquaphor. Yeah. Yeah, Aquaphor. And then you put like, you know, um, saran wrap. wrap Like that thing needs to be like, completely sanitized because you don't which it's like open skin you don't want to have this is just my like my ocd brain (laughs) being like do not have your oozing arm near (laughs) baking near the the cherry chip loaf (laughs) cover it up but Kel, if you have (laughs) such a badass tattoo as the flowers delicately strewn across her biceps you've got to show that bad boy off <laughs> it's just it's Uzi, healed it, it, it healed yeah. in an hour because oozy pussy baking disaster be damned <laughs> oh my god that was that's my square <laughs> yeah um okay so i was i was kind of curious for this section, if we could do something kind of different. And I wanted to know if we could, I wanted us to pick out our favorite meet cute for the two of them since they have 12 different ones. So what's your favorite? My meet cute is the mysterious good Samaritan meet cute where she uh, hijacks (laughs) 
the, his blind date. His date with her. Yeah. She like goes and like, you know, brings Michael who had been missing for a couple of days and is like, Hey, like you can pay me back by giving me a drink or actually buy me dinner. Thai is what it is because, you know, this blind date person that you have probably has a hunchback and I'm just like, (laughs) okay, girl. All right. I know. I'm here for her there. I like, I like her personality here at this point. Exactly. Uh, what that's so funny because mine was the mozzarella meat cute where <laughs> he is like having a terrible day and comes to get a drink at the bar and sees that he's already there early and so she sits down next to him and basically just like asks if she can you know have some of his uh mozzarella sticks and <laughs> starts chatting it up with him and uh, I think this is where we learn about the ladder incident. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but they're like clearly hitting it off and have some chemistry and he's like enjoying himself and she's like, all right, well, I'm going to go. And he's like, oh, are you sure? Like, come on, you know, hang out here. And he tells her his name and she says she's going to, you know, she's deciding to remain mysterious. And um, so she kind of just takes off. Oh, and she tells him, you know, if your blind date doesn't show up, it's probably because she's not over her ex and this and that and the other has happened. And, you know, or it could just be she ate some bad food at the company party. But Also that now that you mentioned yours, it brings up the fact that both of those times he is fully open and willing to like, just hang out with her and ditch his blind date. Right, right. (laughs) I mean, I don't blame him because the person that he actually does have the blind date with is like terrible. But yeah, and and I'm really glad that they do have these these like days where they do have successful um, dates because um, otherwise it's not believable that this is something that we should be rooting for. Yeah, and like working toward um, right, and and they do have great chemistry, and I'll give that, I'll give that to yeah. them. When we see yeah. scenes, we're like, okay, I believe that. I can believe that yeah. that you know she could be falling for him, and he could be falling for her. So, which also makes it feel like when they don't have good chemistry, it's like supposed to be that way. Like it's right. supposed to be that they're at a miss here. So yeah, um, unlike some of these movies where the leads just never have good chemistry (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is definitely one of the better ones for sure all right now that we've read their chemistry it's time to give ourselves a reality check with some tidbits and movie trivia i want to mention jane eastwood who plays margine the sweet neighbor who we love love her such a great character um she was actually an original member of the Second City Troop in Toronto, um, and, and the original Toronto cast of Godspell, um, which also starred Victor Garber, Martin Ooh. Short, oh. Levy, and Gilda Radner. So she oh. comes from a really great background. Dude, comedy royalty. Comedy royalty, yeah. She's great. We by now know that this movie was not filmed in New York City. It was filmed in Toronto. (laughs) Really, really cool fun fact is Kate's alarm clock, which is a major character in this film. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Um, uh, It's a Panasonic RC6025 flip clock radio. Um, Is the same style as Phil's alarm clock, Bill Murray's character in Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. Which is our tie-in. We've got our tie-in. And I looked up those radios, and they're actually going for, like, upwards of $90 on eBay right now. Just FYI. And You, um, too, can live your own Groundhog Day (laughs) in COVID (laughs) with a $90 alarm radio clock that lets you know nothing has changed since yesterday um (laughs) nothing will change tomorrow no it's gonna be the same day uh yeah those are my facts this week those are super interesting thanks Kyle. 
Um, okay, so I feel like we know the answer based off of what we've been saying, but would you recommend this movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A resounding yes. I feel like um, I watched it with my roommate and she was, we were on the struggle bus watching through it. I enjoyed it more rewatching it to kind of figure out, understand what, what all the plot points were in this, uh, to discuss it here. And yeah, that was where I was paying a lot more attention and really enjoying little bits of advice and things like that. And felt like I picked up on a lot of subtleties of it. So yeah, you know, I think it's a 12, uh, or it's a, you know, a 25, Days of Christmas, uh, ABC Family, Originals, like, grandfathered in classic for these types of movies for a reason, because it stands the test of time. (laughs) The outfits may not. (laughs) No. But, yeah, I really liked it. I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, well, at this point, I don't think we have anything more. To, I think we've discussed this movie to the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Meet Cute and Mistletoe. And we also hope you enjoyed 12 Days of Christmas or at least slogged through a chorus or two. Subscribe to Meet Cute and Mistletoe wherever you get your podcasts. Write a review, share with your friends, check out our website at meetcuteandmistletoe.com to get the episode recipes and more. And connect with us on social at mcmistletoepod on Twitter and Meet Cute and Mistletoe on all other platforms. Meet Cute and Mistletoe is produced by Kelly Ray and Lindsay Hathaway. Music and audio by Grendel. Artwork by Renee Granillo.